Hello, Canada. Hello, United States of America. Hi to everybody here in my new home of Costa Rica. And greetings to every single one of you all over the planet. My name is Kevin J. Johnston. This is the Kevin J. Johnston Show that runs every single Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 6 p.m. on the left coast or the crazy coast, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, where some of the conservatives still live. We're always happy to see you here at freedomreport.ca. As you can see on that slide, we also cover everything on Rumble, DLive, a whole bunch of Facebook accounts, and man, everywhere else we possibly can. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for your support. Over the years, we absolutely adore the fact that you have been with me now for seven years, many of you, and I do appreciate absolutely all of you. Do not forget, everyone, we give away cash every show, 50-50 draw. There it is. Check it out. Someone is going to win cash tonight. We've already sold five tickets for tonight's show. They're just $10 each. Buy as many as you like, and the winner gets paid right after the show. In fact, the winner gets a phone call from me, and I stay on the phone until their money arrives. That's how it works. Get paid today. Ed and I have got some major Mondo expenses that we have to take care of this week. We'd love to get the prize up to 400 bucks then if we could. Could we get to $400 then, everyone? Please, let's get there and keep this show growing. If you can't do it by credit card on my website, which is here, you can do an email money transfer here, freedomreport.ca at gmail.com. Uh, for those who um, aren't paying attention, uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And because I'm still on TikTok, I got absolutely bombarded by a whole bunch of content that I didn't want. I never signed up for it. There, there was never a time on TikTok or Instagram or on any other social media platform where I said, please send me videos of lonely, angry, lost, supposedly independent women who are single and mad about it and blaming me and all men for all of their lots. Like, please give me more miserable people in my life. I beg you. No, I never said that once. And a lot of these ladies are 40 and up. They're all saying, where have all the good men gone? And there's no one taking them out for dinner tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Isn't that weird? Well, that's what happens when you stick to your guns that you are a strong, independent woman. Uh, how does it go in Chicago? Oh, yes. <clears throat> I don't need no man. Well, if you don't need no man, why are you all crying about it on TikTok? Yeah, I get on TikTok for politics. Occasionally, magic tricks. Some, some of the magicians around the world are pretty good. Uh, but that's about it. I want magic tricks and politics. I don't want to hear you cry. So I wanted to say, ladies, uh, if you're in Calgary, why don't we do this? All right. You know that my boy, Adrian, he's taking care of the show. He runs all the special effects in the background there. He puts his hand in the jar to, to get our prize winner at the end of the show. Adrian is a good man. Nice guy. Never raises his voice. He'll do anything for you that you need. Why don't you guys get a hold of Adrian and go out for dinner with him? But this is, it's it, Alberta. Here's something that's hilarious, guys. Okay. This kills me in the province of Alberta. There is a bar in Calgary. It's the most famous bar in Alberta, I'm sure. It is called Ranchman's. It's about a 20,000 square foot dance club. It's uh, very much a saloon. It looks like a saloon from the outside and from the inside. It's all wood. It's all the, the, the whole thing. And in there on uh, Wednesday nights, they get free singles night uh, dancing. It's two-step dancing, which I hate. And on Friday nights, they do country swing, which I like, all for, for singles. Um, now, on every single event, 
like Valentine's Day or our Super Bowl or any parties they have, there are so few interested single men that go to these events that the women pay cover. Yeah, you heard me right. The women pay cover because there's about three to four times the number of women that flood that bar than there are men. So Adrian, please go, go. And ladies, look for him. Trust me, he's good for you. All right. And then get on TikTok and say something nice like, oh, Kevin's friend Adrian took me out and opened the door for me and complimented me and, and, and moved people out of the way so I could get out the door. He's a traditional man. I'd like to hear some positivity for once, okay? So never mind this strong, independent woman crap. You're not strong and independent if you're on TikTok crime, all right? Just adopt your traditional roles. Go have some fun in life. Find a guy who's going to treat you right and shut up about it. We don't want to hear about it. Aside from it's good, thank you. Then never get back on TikTok again. How does that sound? I think we've covered that to death. Uh, Ed, uh, your thoughts on Valentine's Day tomorrow. What are you doing for Valentine's Day tomorrow in the jungle? Uh, I haven't decided yet. Probably uh, heading down to a comedy club. A comedy club? Yep. Are you, are you trying to pick up chicks or pick up the performer? Neither. I'm just going out to hang out, and I really don't care what happens, happens, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it's just another day, right? What does it matter? Hmm. Well, he's single too, ladies, and he's rich. So there you go. <laughs> he hates when I say that. <laughs> All right, everyone. Look, we, we have had a lot of fun over the years. And if any of you have been following me, I guess from the very beginning, you'll remember that I ran for mayor of Calgary. Uh, you all know that, I'm sure. And I just want to point out, here it is again. This is one of 11 rallies that I had where the cops had to close off bridges and the street because my audience was following me absolutely everywhere in town. We had a great time. It was actually the most fun I ever had. Like The Calgary campaign was positively remarkable. And God bless you all for being a part of that. Well, um, AHS, Alberta Health Services, couldn't have me win. If you all remember, when I was running for mayor, what did I say? I said, when I am mayor, which means everything that I say afterwards is completely contingent on me winning. And if I don't win, then everything I say after that phrase is moot, null, and void. Well, Alberta Health Services, um, they were nervous because my podcast was huge at the time and they couldn't take the chance of me winning because that was still during the BS COVID days. You remember that scamdemic thing that never happened? There was no, there was no scamdemic at all, but they still wanted to, uh, to injure you and harm you and interfere with your life and and do what the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization was saying so they would get cash. Remember that, everybody? Remember? Well, I think we all do. And I said that I was going to send SWAT out to arrest all the key brass of AHS. What did I say for? For murder and crimes against humanity. Remember that? So what do they say? They said I threatened them. No, what I did is I issued a political promise. That's what it was. It was a promise. When I was mayor, and I think they knew that I was going to do it, I was going to send SWAT out to come and get them. And for that, I had to rot in solitary confinement for seven weeks because AHS, and I'm allowed to say what I believe, uh, I think the court order might still be on me in Alberta. So I can't defame Alberta Health Services, the worst of the worst in Canada. But I can tell the truth, and I can show you the truth. And I, um, what else can I do, Ed? I can also say what I believe to be true. 
That's correct. Because if I, if I believe it, it's not defamation. It's actual personal belief. Ed, before I start, go ahead, say your thing. Well, look at the bright side, Kevin. When they were locking you up, it pushed me to uh, start podcasting every night with Derek and Stefanos. And we busted our ass to keep the show going and bringing people the truth. So although you were locked up, the show kept going. So it's like, why did they even bother? Well, I guess what they figured was that the show was going to uh, to end uh, because I was locked up. That's probably what they thought. They thought that at some point uh, I was going to stop talking. They thought at some point I was going to be frightened into not talking. They thought for sure that they were going to intimidate me with jail time. It didn't work. They tried to intimidate me by lighting my friend's garage on fire, uh, Pastor Archer Pavlovsky's garage. Um, it was indicated to me that that was done to get on my nerves. It didn't work. Didn't scare him either, just for the record. Uh, so they sent the thugs out to trash my car. That didn't work. They sent thugs out to uh, attack me over and over again. That didn't work. I mean, nothing that they did worked. Nothing. But they still kept trying. They just kept hitting me with more and more bogus nonsense. Um, the worst part is, though, that no media outlet ever asked me for my side of the story. What, what was the truth? Well, they weren't going to find it by talking to Alberta Health Services because Alberta Health Services was in the midst of killing a vast majority of people that they, uh, that they had access to through media and through their hospitals. That's what they were doing. Well, um, we also know mainstream media doesn't know how to read because had they read your book, Master Bullshit, they would have realized what's really going on. And on that note, the guest we got coming in tonight He's going to blow open how not-so-nice AHS is. And are you yes, allowed to talk about AHS, Kevin? I, I am not allowed to defame AHS, but I'm allowed to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, whatever deity anybody watching believes in, and I am allowed to state what I believe to be true, and I am allowed to review the history of it. Um, I'm also, at some point, going to release to the public all of the disclosure that I have and too bad for you. If your personal address um, and whatever else out there is going to be in disclosure. If you're a stupid ass who decided to put your name in to a police report about me, did you not think that at some point all of it was just going to come out in the wash? Like, did you not think that I was going to release all that? To the public? That disclosure package, it's my property. And I've actually got it with me here in Costa Rica. And I am going to be going through all the choice cuts within it. It's my, my favorite in the disclosure is that the RCMP watched every video that I ever made and transcribed them all. And they couldn't find a single crime that I had committed. Yeah, like, like at the time, it was five years worth of content. They couldn't find anything. My second favorite part of it was we followed Mr. Johnston with a helicopter for two days just to take pictures of him without a mask, $275,000, the tax dollars going into following me. Wow. You know, I'm, should I be honored? I think, I think I am. I don't think any other uh, uh, mayoral candidate's been followed with a helicopter to have pictures taken of them by cops hanging out of the helicopter with a, with a strap on. Right. I'm pretty sure they took it really seriously. Like, okay, we got Johnson over there. He's making a left turn on 14th Avenue. He's, He's heading south right now. All right, there's a black car in front of him. Oh, okay, that's Logan Murphy. Okay, we. I'm sure that they took it really seriously. I bet is like they had 20 cars around, 
He's, uh, he just walked past Tim Hortons. He's smiling. What do we do? Do we shoot him? Uh, I don't want him smiling. <laughs> they, they followed me everywhere. These idiots. Wait, Calgary police, man, you guys got to find something better to do with your time. <laughs> There's real crime in Calgary. People go missing in Calgary every single day. But you guys are following me with a helicopter. You got, you could have been, you, you could have been stopping. This is where I get a little less serious or more serious. I mean, is you could have been stopping child trafficking. You could have been stopping the pedophilia taking place in hospitals in Alberta. But no, what you were doing was you were helping pedophiles by following me, pulling police resources away from where the crimes are happening to follow me so that I couldn't win the mayor race and that I couldn't have Alberta Health Services arrested for crimes against humanity. So there you go. And why would police want to cooperate with pedophiles? That's the part I just don't get. But our guest has a great deal of insight on this. I have been going through um, our guest's uh, personal, sorry, public profile, we'll say it that way, and Alberta Health Services really doesn't like him. And if AHS doesn't like you, you're probably the kind of guy that I could share an apartment with for a year and buy beer for every day. All right. You like you've, you've earned my respect right off the top. So we're talking right now to Dr. William Magus, medical doctor. Welcome to the show. It's great to finally speak to you face to face. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Let's, let's dive right into this. Alberta okay. Health Services, they're on your case. They're attacking you in every way imaginable. You're up. This is your turn. Go. Listen, I ran a large cancer program in Edmonton. Uh, it was a very successful cancer program. Um, this was back in from 2013 to 2015. And as soon as Rachel Notley got elected and then J um, Justin Trudeau got elected, they came after my cancer program, tried to shut it down, dragged me out of my workplace, framed me with some bogus complaints. And the idea was that the Trudeau government was going to take over a cutting edge cancer treatment technology that cures 85 to 90% of cancers that you can target specifically. At the time, I was curing a neuroendocrine cancer, stage four cancer patients. But then it was discovered that you could use the same technology to cure prostate cancers and eventually breast cancers as well. The Trudeau government, I didn't know this, but the Trudeau government was going to pour hundreds of millions of dollars into monopolizing this technology and rebuilding my cancer center in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, and which they're doing right now with, with over $300 million of federal money, Canadian taxpayer money. They're, of course, building private clinics as well so that all the liberal donors can can make uh, make money and benefit from, from cancer treatments. So this was my run-in with AHS. Uh, I was framed with bogus complaints. They dragged me out of my workplace. They basically harassed me for a year, but they kept paying me my salary. But they said, if you try to treat your cancer patients, we will have a security team take you, remove you, you know, we'll go after your hospital privileges, we'll go after your medical license. So they, they paid me $50,000 a month to stay at home while threatening me to not do my medical work. Um, and then I filed a lawsuit because they were just running out my contract. I filed a $13 million lawsuit. To this day, there hasn't been a one media story about it. And um, once we got to discovery and I got a whole bunch of documents 
and I saw the, the kind of corruption that was happening behind the scenes, the way they were organizing with the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and the way they were leaving my patients to die. I mean, they were effectively killing my cancer patients. Then they put a $400,000 bribe in front of me. And they gave me a week. They gave me one week to sign a non-disclosure agreement saying I would never speak to any other physician in Alberta again. I would leave the province, give up my contracts with AHS, give up my medical license, take the money and leave. It was $400,000. And they said, we'll even make it tax-free. And I refused their offer. And within six hours of me refusing that offer, they confiscated my medical license. They said, we'll never allow you to practice medicine again. They started threatening my family, started threatening my children. And they, they basically uh, tried to have my medical license suspended, which they eventually did. Um, and, and really, they've been holding my medical license hostage now for seven years. For seven years, I'm a hostage in Alberta. I can't leave. I can't go anywhere else. And, and practice medicine anywhere else because they're holding my license hostage and they, they've destroyed my reputation as they said they would. Uh, they've threatened me several times at my house. Um, this is all on record, um, bribery, extortion, uh, you name it. And of course, murdering my patients, hundreds and hundreds of cancer patients that they outright murdered uh, and about two and a half thousand that they harmed in some way because I had a large a group of cancer patients that I was following both with radiology and with cancer treatments as well. They severed all those patient-doctor relationships. So about two and a half thousand cancer patients that they harmed. This is before the pandemic. Uh, and of course, it went on during the pandemic as well. So, you know, AHS has blood on their hands. And that's just my case. I know this happened to other doctors as well. It happened in Calgary. Uh, to a doctor at the Tom Baker Cancer Center, they did the exact same thing. He was doing cutting-edge radiation treatments uh, called Gamma Knife on brain cancers, and they couldn't have that. They didn't want him to do the technology. And so they, again, they removed him, uh, destroyed his family. He had to get divorced, uh, spent about four years trying to destroy his life. And eventually the court, he got lucky, he got in front of a good judge, and the court actually ordered AHS to bring him back to work pay him his uh, his salary that they uh, withheld. So just, just outright criminality. And of course, once the pandemic hit, well, all of Alberta saw the crimes that AHS was committing. Yeah. Um, we, I'm, I'm going to do a quick recap here. Uh, let me, hold on. We, we, we've got a special video that we want to show. You know, it's, it's still my favorite video on YouTube. <laughs> I think you all know what I'm about to play here, but I'm going to play it and we're going to discuss um, the COVID bit with AHS and a lot more of what they've done to you and other doctors, of course. Yeah, It's not just you they've hit. All right, let's bring this video up. And here we go. It's a black screen until now. Please get out. <laughs> get out of this property. Immediately get out. <laughs> Get out of this property immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. I don't want to talk to you. 
Not a word. Out of this pro out of this property immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out. Out. Out of this property, you Nazis. Out. Typical out. woman. She wants to talk. Gestapo Shut up and leave. <laughs> immediately Gestapo is not allowed. Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without the warrant. Out oh, wait. Wait. You see that loser behind her? Out. Here, wait. Wait, wait, wait. This guy. This this one here. This is the one who arrested me. I, I knew I recognized him. That's the one that arrested me um, for uh, downtown Calgary during my campaign. Got to find out his name because I want to add him to the lawsuit I'm filing. You understand? There you go. Nazis are not welcome here. Out. <laughs> and don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without she, a warrant. She's still you talking. That? She's still You're not talking. welcome here. Just Nazis go. are not welcome here. Just go. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do Just not come back, back you Nazi <laughs> psychopaths. <laughs> Unbelievable, sick, evil people. <laughs> <laughs> intimidating people in a church during the Passover and, and they you don't know what to do Nazi communist. okay so they, they don't know what to do and they walked away and they're thinking like should, should, should we get coffee or you know should should we cry should, what do we do yes Ed Kevin did you open the door for that lady <laughs> it sure looked uh, like you did no I wasn't there no 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 that, I didn't wasn't actually, outside? no I, I did no listen 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 Listen, we, we got to be very clear on this. Um, Pastor Archer Pavlovsky, the church that he runs there, it's, um, it's a small school and multiple associations rent that building out. It's his, as far as I understand the terms of the lease, it's his from midnight or 12.01 a.m. on Saturday until the end of the day on Saturday, which grants him access to the entire property. So I guess according to, uh, to, to lease law, it's his property for that time. Um, and those those um, criminals decided to trespass and walk in there. She had some stupid piece of paper that had no legal bearing on uh, on anything. Now that woman's name is Sarah Nunn, and that woman she really got her her ego crushed, and she came back the next week. So Dr. Macus, here's here's where I kind of got involved. First off, Archer's a friend of mine. Yep. That's also my church. I'm also a journalist and a podcaster, and I'm running for mayor of Calgary, and I want to shut all this AHS nonsense down. So naturally, I'm going to be there the next week. And that's what this, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I just jump in and, and just to explain, because people may not understand the um, what's going on in there. Please. So she is an AHS bureaucrat. Is that right? That That's all she is. She's an Alberta Health Services bureaucrat. She must have obtained some kind of bogus court order um or i don't even know if she had a court order at the time actually but but she showed up with calgary police now this is not this is not being directed by the calgary police she is there they are just there to basically back her up and intimidate pastor arthur right but but it shows you that alberta health services which is just supposed to provide health care to albertans is utilizing police forces to harass and intimidate Alberta citizens, which is exactly what she was doing in that video. There was some peace officer I saw as well. 
I wasn't even a police officer. Oh, peace officer. Yeah, bylaw, bylaw. I don't yeah. call them officers, bylaw loser. Uh, and so they they showed up to intimidate. That's what it was. And Archer was going to talk harassment, about it. harassment, and intimidation. Right. Okay. So the next weekend, um, they show up again, and we knew that they would. Uh, and this is where all the false accusations come in. So I'll go back to the photograph now, which is same woman, a bureaucrat who has no power at all, who has a piece of paper in her hand that means nothing to anyone. There is no pandemic taking place. She brings these thugs with her, these armed thugs. And, and I stand now. I got my hand in my pocket. Look here. Look at, look at the smile on my face. I, I'm my hand. There it is. My hands in my pocket. My phone is up in front of me. And if you look at my chest, I've got a second camera running just in case the cops do something stupid. And I just stood there. I didn't say a word to this person at all. Peter, the redhead guy behind me, he's the assistant pastor of the church. He did all the talking. Now, if this Sarah person wanted to walk around me and go inside the church and go, man, a piece of paper, I wasn't going to stop her. What am I going to do? Touch her? You know, body check her? I wasn't even going to move my body in front of her. Just keep the camera running. Follow her in. Keep the camera running. That's my job as a journalist. Uh, so she writes up this five-page diatribe that the courts read out about how much that affected her life. She had to buy the security system at her house because of me on the phone. Yeah. Um, she couldn't go to Costco without people harassing her. You know, that's a lie. She didn't film anything. She presented no evidence of any kind. Uh, that she lives in a constant state of fear, which, of course, is a lie. Uh, she knew she had the backing of police and AHS money. Uh, so the, the, um, the, this whole stretching out of my arrest and my detainment was because she lied to the courts. She lied to police. She lied to the judge. She lied to everything. And that statement that she made was sworn in full of lies. And on top of that, she wanted me to pay for the alarm system that she supposedly bought. <laughs> like, like that's going to happen. Um, and, and I'll remind everybody in Canada, if you're suing me, you're a friggin' idiot. I'm never going to pay you. I do not recognize the authority of Canadian courts. It's that simple. So if someone wants to tell me to pay you something, the answer is a resounding no. Buy your own security system. If you're afraid, don't work for a criminal entity. That's how I see it. Now, Dr. Yeah. Mack, you know my story. I know your story. But I think you've got another three to five days worth of material to share with us about what they've done. Uh, you're up because I do want to cover the whole lawsuit thing a little later in the show. Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, where do you sorry, want me to Wait, I'm sorry, Dr. Marcus. Yeah. I, I hate to do this. I got to do it, though. Get your 50-50 tickets right now. We've sold, I think, what, 10, 11, 12? 12 tickets. 12 tickets in the pot. Let's get the pot to 400 bucks if we can, please. Head over to kevinjjohnston.me. That's kevinjjohnston.me. Buy as many tickets as you like. We're going to draw the winner 10 minutes before the end of the show, and you're getting paid tonight because that's how we roll. If you don't feel like running your credit card at kevinjjohnston.me, bottom corner over there, you can send an email money transfer to freedomreport.ca at gmail.com. Dr. Mackis, you've got the floor. AHS, uh, tell us, um, you know, they made the news recently for, yeah, I'm going to let you wing this. Go ahead. You want me to go straight into the pedophilia scandals at AHS because I, I can. Oh, I can yeah, yeah, because we have financial scandals to cover and we have yeah. death to cover and. 
um, yeah. poor treatment Lethal of ambulance drivers. Protocols. Absolutely, yeah. We got a but lot you know, of let me go. Let me go into the pedophilia thing because that's something that a lot of people don't know about. Most Albertans have never heard of these stories, and yet, um, you know, I, I wrote three stories. Uh, I published them on my Substack. I, I made them free. I made them widely available. They were read by by millions of people around the world. My Substack reaches about twenty million people a month. Uh, and in about 150 countries. So I put out these stories. Uh, now, everything is everything can be tra um, traced back to mainstream media publications, so I'm not making any of these details up. But AHS, Alberta Health Services, uh, has had child sex abusers as their top officials. Uh, and and the, so I'll give you, I'll start with the first story. The first story is Dr. Albert de Villiers, who was the AHS Chief Medical Officer of Health of the Northern Zone in Rachel Notley's government. Interesting fact, after I published my second story, a few days later, Rachel Notley announced her resignation. Now, this is a leftist, communist uh, politician who has been hanging on after even two, after losing two elections in a row. She has still been hanging on, but then, you know, a few days after my stories come out, she announced her resignation. I'm sure it's coincidental. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the child sex abuses that took place during her government. So Dr. De Villiers, who was the AHS Chief Medical Officer of Health of the Northern Zone, has a beautiful five-year contract with NDP. In 2017, started sexually assaulting at least three children that we know of, one of them seven year, a seven-year-old boy, and was doing so for the three years while he was a top AHS executive, one of the top 10 AHS executives in the province, he also happens to be the pediatrics lead for Rachel Notley and Sarah Hoffman's Ministry of Health. Now, Sarah Hoffman was Minister of Health from 2015 to 19 under Rachel Notley. She is now running for the leadership of NDP. This scandal belongs to her just as much because they appointed this guy their pediatrics lead in the province, even though he had no pediatrics training whatsoever. I don't know if this was to give him access to more children um, you know, that something, that's something that should be investigated. So he is assaulting children for three years. Then he escapes to Kelowna, British Columbia. He just flees Alberta in the summer of 2020. And the BC NDP give him a job as the chief medical officer of health of BC Interior Health. So another top position. This time he's reporting to Bonnie Henry, Dr. Bonnie Henry, the public health chief in BC. And he I don't know what I don't know if he was assaulting any children there, but within a year he was arrested by the RCMP. And here's where it gets really interesting: the BC NDP government, friends of the Alberta NDP, of course, put him on paid leave, and they end up paying him his full salary, three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or so. And so while he's awaiting trial, they're paying him a full salary for two years, over seven hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money. And this is they know that he's been arrested for sexually assaulting at least three children while he awaits trial. So they just keep paying him, paying him, paying him. This is the same this is this is happening during the pandemic while they're stripping doctors of their medical licenses and putting them on unpaid leave for just treating their patients with ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine or writing vaccine exemption letters. Thousands of doctors they've abused and stripped of their licenses down in BC while this child sex abuser was paid his full license. Now he goes to court. Um, he is sentenced to five and a half years in prison. So in 2023, so now he's in prison. Here's, here's where another interesting element to this story comes in, though. 
when he's in court, now you know about the kind of corruption that happens in courts. Uh, you know, I've, I can talk all day about uh, the kind of fraud and corruption that, that happens in courts. When he was in court, he presented 28 letters of reference from top healthcare executives in Alberta. This is Alberta Health Services, presumably the college, the University of Alberta. He presented 28 letters of reference that said he's a good man, that they would trust their children with him, and please, judge, keep this guy out of jail. Now, those 28 names have never been released. Those people are still running our healthcare system to this day because nothing has changed at AHS. The, 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 you know, I mean, Danielle Smith has fired a few AHS executives, a couple of them. Maybe you can count them on one hand, but there are 3,100 AHS managers and directors. And so these guys that were trying to keep this pedophile out of jail, um, you know, the 28 people who gave reference letters, they're still running our healthcare system here in Alberta. But the judge you know, sentenced this person to five and a half years in prison. However, the other two children that he molested, the Alberta Crown prosecutors dropped the charges. Oh. No explanation. So they minimized, they minimized his punishment that, that he could get. Can you imagine? So these two other children that whose lives he destroyed, the Alberta Crown prosecutors dropped those charges. Now, I just want to make sure we got the name right. That's Dr. Albert DeVillers. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so people can, people can look this up. Exactly. Yeah, so, so people can go. go, this has been covered by the mainstream media at top AHS executive, and then a top exe healthcare executive in British Columbia as well under Bonnie Henry and 28 AHS executives sent letters to the judge to try to keep him out of jail. Now imagine that's 28 people willing to put their names on a piece of paper that's going to be read in court to try to keep a child sex offender out of jail. I want to know who those 28 people are. I want them exposed. Oh, uh, the same ones that had are. me incarcerated at AHS, I'm sure. And, and there, therein lies the, the biggest problem going is that the, the Alberta Health Services, they obviously have, it, uh, have very good relationships with judges in Alberta. Because if, this, if that case against me was going to be filed or say, let's say heard in Montana, or even Quebec or somewhere that's far enough away, everyone would have looked at the paperwork and said, what the hell is this? You're, you're locking him up because he's a journalist and he won't wear a mask. That, that's it. It would have been tossed. The judges obviously are being paid quite well by AHS. And my lawyer even had a few interesting choice things to say about how AHS functions. and said, no, Kevin, they want jail time. Now, here's where it gets really bizarre is that uh, I got a phone call from the prisons. They said, we're not going to be allowed to have you come in prison. So you're going to have to do your, your weekend uh, sentence. Um, so was, yeah, so there was one, there's one sentence I got then a second one. They said your second sentence that you're doing on weekends, you're going to have to do it at home. You don't have a choice. You can't come into the prison. So here's what AHS did. They went over to the Calgary prison and they had the, uh, the entire basement completely cleaned out of whoever was in there to make it seem like COVID was being, or COVID restrictions were being adhered to. Then they called me back saying, no, you have to go into the prison on the weekends. So they actually paid for about 50 prisoners to leave the prison so that I could have the whole prison to myself from Friday night to Monday morning. Wow. Yeah. That's the, and I only got 15 minutes a day outside of the cell. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty, uh, it's, it's hard time. It's brutal.
This is what AHS, Alberta Health Services, is allowed to do. So for my American friends watching this, if you've ever wanted to have universal health care in your country, this is what you get. You don't like what they do. They lock you up. Well, so, I, want Dr. Explain, I want to explain how they, get, how they have this power. I consider AHS an organized crime mafia. It is an organized crime mafia, and it's one of the largest mafias in Canada. I mean, this is this is this is not like you know. I'm not exaggerating here. That this is one of the largest organized crime mafias networks in Canada. Why is it one of the largest in Canada, and maybe the largest, or maybe the second largest? Because they launder 23 billion dollars of Alberta taxpayer money every single year. That is half of the provincial budget. Half of the provincial budget goes to this corporation called Alberta Health Services. They have about 3,100 managers at, at you know, various levels who then take that money and do whatever they want with it. They actually, in, 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 in court, they call it their own revenue. They don't call it Alberta taxpayer money. They don't say this is money that Albertans pay for us to administer healthcare services. They call it their revenue. And if it's their revenue, then they sure as hell will do with it whatever they please. And it's crazy because under the Health Professions Act, um, they and I, there used to be also the Regional Health Authorities Act. They have this power to go to court, to go to the judges that they've bribed for many years, uh, and they ask for court orders. Right now, the court order can be completely fraudulent. I, I've had court orders literally with fraudulent affidavits and basically fraudulent court orders issued by judges, corrupt judges. They will then take that court order. This is what they did during the pandemic. This is what I want people to understand. This is how they abused Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. This is how they abused you. This is how they abused Chris Scott from Whistle Stop Cafe and many others during the pandemic is they obtained fraudulent court orders. And once they have that court order, they can then uh, engage the local police. So like the Calgary police, like you saw those five police thugs that showed up with that one environmental, you know, services, uh, whatever, AHS bureaucrat uh, to harass Pastor Art in his church. They then employ the police to carry out whatever the court order says. And if you violate the court order, you know, you could get arrested and thrown in prison and so on. But this is done by Alberta Health Services, this shadow government that consumes $23 billion a year. And the reason why politicians won't touch AHS and haven't touched AHS from for the last decade and why they're literally allowed to kill patients and, and kill people. They, they kill people in the hospitals with, with you know lethal hospital protocols. To this day, they're putting people on remdesivir and ventilators and other medications like midazolam, morphine to literally kill people who you know have COVID or who are unvaccinated. They target those individuals. The reason why they're allowed to do that is because they've got this, um, you know, they, they've they've got access to the top lawyers in Alberta. All the top law firms have AHS as a client, so you can't sue AHS because any top law firm you go to, they will tell you, "Sorry, AHS is our client." It would be a conflict of interest. So they've bought off all the top law firms in the province. They've probably bought out at least half the judges at the Court of King's Bench and Court of Appeal. Uh, in fact. Uh, the top judge in Alberta at the highest court, which is the Court of Appeal, which is like the Supreme Court in Alberta, you can only go to the, the federal Supreme Court beyond that. 
The top judge, Justice Ritu Kular, Chief Justice of the Court of Appeal, used to be a lawyer for the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and she was sabotaging doctors' medical licenses on behalf of Alberta Health Services. She used to carry out dirty work on behalf of AHS. That is how powerful AHS is. They own the top judges in the province. They, they, they can employ the police whenever they want. It's a mafia. It is really an organized crime mafia. And Jason Kenney, you know, I was in touch with Jason Kenney and Tyler Shandro during the start of the pandemic. They said, look, Dr. Mackis, we know, we know exactly what AHS did to you. We know what they did to your cancer patients, your cancer program. We know everything. Like, like we're fully aware, uh, but we're sorry. We cannot do, we cannot touch AHS because the optics during the pandemic would be bad. So we can't do it. We can't, we can't fire anybody. And that, that was what, what happened during the pandemic. Jason okay. Kenney just rolled over and let this mafia do whatever they wanted. And this mafia is a conduit because they have, obviously, they, they serve the Trudeau liberal government. They're all loyal. They're all leftists. They're all woke leftists. They serve the Trudeau liberal government because that's what all the bureaucrats in, in Canada do. But they really have, I mean, they actually have a contract with the World Economic Forum. This was announced in August of 2020. They announced that they have a contract with the World Economic Forum to have access to money to have internationally, to have access to cutting-edge technologies, and that they were going to implement projects for the World Economic Forum to improve and modernize healthcare in Canada. Wow. Okay. Now that you've said that, let me tell you what I think of hospitals in the province of Alberta. And this is in Canada, everybody. Uh, Alberta is, um, if you look at the map of Canada, you'll see British Columbia is on the far west side. The next one inward is Alberta. You've got the Rocky Mountains in the west and you've got oil fields in the north. Um, hospitals in Alberta, if you want me to tell you the absolute truth, now that I've had a chance to see some hospitals here in Costa Rica, Costa Rica is ahead of Canada by about 10 years, maybe more. The hospitals in Alberta are junk. They look like prisons. Uh, I didn't see any significant year that I would say, wow, this is the year 2023 or 2022. Uh, I was in there in 2023 in the hospital. Uh, um, but because it was a medical reason, they didn't arrest me. I, I'm not, did you know this? I'm not allowed to go inside of their hospitals unless it's severe medical trauma. I actually, it was a really weird thing. Dr. Marcus. I thought I was having a heart attack. I, um, uh, Images in my head kept repeating. I had no clue who I was or where I was. I actually forgot who I was. That's how bad this was. And it turns out it was an extreme case of vertigo. Okay. But but I do have like just fragmented memories from that day. Um, and I remember this, this Pakistani nurse, she put her nose on my nose and she was screaming at me. You're not going to get seen. You have to go to the waiting room. I remember that. I'm thinking, and I, I, I blacked out after that. I woke up about four hours later. Just I was that in a haze. But when I finally did come to and the, the whole session passed in my head, I was looking around. And I swear to God, I was in a Canadian tire store. Or, or like, you know, remember Simpson Sears when those two companies were merged into one? Remember those, those pasty brown crap color of floors they used to have with, with pissy bricks on the wall? Remember that? Everything was brown and, and, and yellow in the 70s? That's what these hospitals look like. And I was appalled beyond reproach. So if you're going to tell me that they're getting that much money, it's not going into technology. It's not 
going to administrative care. It's not going into ambulances. I promise you that. Um, when I lived in Killarney, which is right in the middle, like geographic center of Calgary, a woman, 40 years old, fell over on a scooter, hit her head. I ran into my house. I grabbed blankets and a pillow for her. I, I made her as comfortable as I could on the road. Took the ambulance 55 minutes to get there. And the hospital was literally six streets away. So it's not going into anything healthcare based. Dr. Mackis, where the hell is the money going? Go ahead. I would love to know because $23 billion is a lot of money, right? And that's that's not like $23 billion and that's it. That's $23 billion every single year. Now, when, when AHS started out back in 2008, which I think was one of the biggest mistakes the conservatives have ever made, was creating AHS. Um, and again, it was some kind of a political battle uh, within the conservatives. AHS's budget was about $10 billion. It is now $23 billion. So every year it climbs by about $1 billion. And I can tell you, um, let's talk about radiology, for example. I mean, it takes like two years to get an MRI or, you know, it, it, it takes, you know, six months to get a CT. I mean, ridiculous things. You should be able to get a CT and MRI within a day or two in a country like Canada, especially with this kind of money. And I witnessed it firsthand. I was looking and I was thinking, I was like, the machines are cheap. I mean, a city scanner is like, you know, less than a million dollars. Maybe an MRI is a couple of million dollars. This is peanuts. This is peanuts compared to the money that is flowing into healthcare. But they refuse. They refuse to buy the machines. They refuse to buy the ultrasound machines. You, you literally have children's hospitals in Alberta begging, begging Albertans and doing bake sales and cookie sales to try to raise money so that they could have new ultrasound machines for children in Alberta. Meanwhile, these guys are laundering billions and billions of dollars into a black hole. I don't know what kind of offshore accounts these AHS executives have. I know that they have their own accountants that handle the money. And I saw this in my own department. I saw several hundred thousand dollars disappear just like that. You know, they kept us short-staffed. We were short-staffed by two radiologists all the time. They dumped all the work on the rest of us. And we're like, well, let's get some help. Let's get some someone coming in from out of province, work for a few months. Let's get through the backload of CTs and MRIs. No, they wouldn't do it. And then when we asked, where's the money for the, um, for the locums so we can bring other people in? Because the government already paid for the two extra radiologists. They said, shut up and don't ask. The money's gone. And, and that was that was the end of it. And, and so money disappears from every single hospital, from every single hospital department. It's managed by a chain of, of AHS managers. The money disappears. No one knows where the money goes. And I know that they don't give uh, an accounting of the money to the provincial government. It's they get nothing back. They get like one sheet that says, OK, well, we spent twenty three billion dollars. We, you know, a billion here, a billion there. We paid a few nurses. We paid a few doctors, maybe bought some equipment here and there. But you never get a full accounting of where, where every single do dollar is going. I say we need a forensic investigation of this money laundering operation. That's what we need. But the problem is who's, but the problem is who's going to do it? Because everyone's benefiting from this. Considering this, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police do not come out and say, we arrested a major gang, international gang. We arrested money launderers in Canada. We arrested Dr. Dina Henshaw. They don't say this stuff, the RCMP. They come out proudly saying, hey, hey, guys, hi, hi, guys, hi. We're the Royal Canadian Mount of Police. And as soon as I'm done sleeping with my horse over here, you're all going to be happy to know that the Royal Canadian Mount of Police, we're going to pay for sex change surgery for all of our officers. Woo! That's the RCMP. 
they actually announced this. So tax dollars are now going to be paying for, I guess, um, fags to become lesbians and lesbians to come fags. I, is that what we're doing here? I, what are we, what are we doing here? Like quadrosexuals and they give these people the guns. RCMP. The RCMP, the RCMP, whenever a complaint is made to the RCMP, you know, they bury it. In fact, I made a complaint to the RCMP and they punted it to the Edmonton police. They said, oh, please go to the Edmonton police. This is not our jurisdiction. So I said, fine. So I went to the Edmonton police. They kind of hummed and hawed for a few months. And they said, look, we can't really, uh, you know, we can't really convict them of anything because we can't like locate money changing hands and all this kind of stuff. So it, it I mean, these complaints get buried, right? But I mean, if Danielle Smith, really wants to make a name for herself, blow this scandal wide open. First of all, blow the pedophilia thing wide open because, you know, if we can't agree on, you know, protecting adults or from, you know, the hospital protocols like remdesivir, because I'm sure AHS is raking in hundreds of millions of dollars by, you know, giving these contracts for remdesivir and, and other drugs that are literally killing patients in the hospitals. What about, what about abandonment? Do they have that one too? What's that? abandonment do they have that one i don't know i don't know about that one because that one was manufactured in my hometown of mississauga and it was causing heart attacks all over the country they had to pull it uh, but the hospitals ended up buying a ton of the stuff that's yeah. why i'm asking and then i mean but the thing is they're still putting people on those protocols to this very day those protocols haven't been pulled those pandemic protocols that are not saving anybody's life um but but she could blow it wide open i mean she believes in protecting children, right? You know, recently she's put out some protections for, for the kids who identify as trans, whatever, some parental rights. Um, and it was basically the goal of it was to give children who are under 18 some protection uh, from these various creepy, and I'm going to say it, creepy, perverted adults in Alberta who, you know, continue to try to influence them, you know, this way or that way with uh, with the sexual orientation and so on. She tried to put some protections into place. Fine. Go go and blow up this AHS uh, child sex abuse scandal. Blow it wide open. Let's find out if there's more pedophiles hiding at AHS. Let's find out who those 28 people are, for example, who gave reference letters to keep that particular pedophile out of jail. You know, okay. so Dr. I mean, Marcus, there's one um, way you blow this whole thing wide open. Daniel Smith, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan, but I appreciate a couple a couple of the things that she has said and done. Now, for those who don't know who she is, Daniel Smith is the premier of the province of Alberta. And if the premier of any province in Canada actually has real guts, they can issue an immediate order to have anybody arrested for anything at any time. She could write an, a, pretty much an executive order uh, and use the notwithstanding clause of the, of the charter and the constitution, just say, yep, boom. Um, AHS, they're done. They're all going to jail. All the child molesters are going to jail. Uh, we could do this. But here's what we have is, like you said, Alberta Health Services, they are very left-wing, very left-wing. The courts are very left-wing. The yeah. judges are very left-wing. And you've got two excessively pro-pedophilia mayors in the major cities, Calgary and Edmonton. Edmonton's the, the left-wing city, the capital. Calgary's a bit more conservative, but even the Calgary mayor, Joyti Gondek, is an Indian woman married to a white beta cuck male. She took her son when he was 10 and forced him into makeup and dresses and high heel shoes and said, oh, look, look, everybody, 
my son is trans, something that she did to be able to get Justin Trudeau's attention and, and get herself placed in that, in that job. So she's a sick pervert. So is the guy that runs uh, Edmonton. And so are the, the, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, especially with this whole, we're going to fund your sex change thing. So we have crazy people with severe mental deficiencies and or illnesses or gender dysphoria and pedophilic intent running everything in Canada. Now, how the, the hell crazy, is it like that? Go ahead. You know, the crazy thing is that I didn't tell the second story and I just want to take like three minutes to tell the second story. Yeah, you're right. Because this, this is, and, and this involves, uh, again, it involves AHS, it involves the college, it involves the university and so on. So you have this other, this other um, top healthcare executive, again, under Rachel Notley's government. And like, like you know, if this is happening now way too often. This is a pattern with the Alberta NDP. Dr. Fred Janke, 62 years old, he was the president of the Alberta College of Family Physicians, which means he was the head of over 5,000 family doctors in Alberta. In 2017, he gets on a website on a chat room and he is trying to traffic a five-year-old child from Victoria, British Columbia into Alberta to basically assault and to create child porn with. Now, he actually ends up talking to an undercover Victoria police officer. He doesn't know that. For nine months, he's trying to traffic this child from B.C. into Alberta while the Victoria police is collecting evidence on him. Now, this is while he's the president of the College of Family Physicians under Rachel Notley's government here in Alberta. And, and so um, he, they collect enough information, he gets arrested. In 2018, he's arrested, he's, he's awaiting trial. In 2020, November 2020, he's about to go to trial in Edmonton. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again, he's about to go to trial in Edmonton. The trial is about to start within a couple of days. The Alberta Crown Prosecutor, suddenly and without any explanation, drops all the charges, drops the entire case, lets him go. And you know what they say? They say, oh, there was no longer a, a prospect of conviction or some nonsense like that, right? And it's again, this is under Jason Kenney's government now because it's 2020. It's under Jason Kenney's government and Casey Madu is the justice minister when this happens. But they say, oh, the Alberta Crown Prosecutor's independently reached this conclusion and made this decision. Now, that the story doesn't end there because he then comes back and says, I want my medical license back. I want access to children again. And he goes to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta. Now, this is now under Jason Kenney's government, but the college officials are all Notley's appointees. The college is run by Rachel Notley's appointees who've been in, at the college since 2015 to this very day. So, in fact, the, the, the licenses of Alberta physicians are being held hostage by leftist extremists from Rachel Notley's government who've been in those positions since 2015. So they say, yes, absolutely, sir. Here's your license back. And they allowed him in 2021. Now, this is at the same time that they're harassing doctors like Dr. Daniel Nagasi, who try to treat patients with ivermectin. Stripped of all his ER uh, shifts within 24 hours after he tried to use ivermectin in 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 an in a ER uh, emergency room, and then persecuted by the Alberta College, eventually had to give up his Alberta license. They kicked him out of the province. But no, this guy, they give him his license back, medical license back on a silver platter. And you know what happens? 
He just continues practicing medicine as if nothing happened. The college keeps his license pristine and clean. They say, well, you know what? Because you can't control yourself because you're a pervert and a pedophile, we're going to put a chaperone just to cover ourselves in case, you know, you start molesting somebody. So they put a chaperone. Now, of course, during the COVID pandemic, you could do a chaperone over Zoom, right? So that's about as much, you know, protection as a child got in Alberta was a chaperone over Zoom. Uh, and he was allowed to continue practicing medicine through the entire pandemic until he retired um, early last year in 2023. So, and again, when this guy was arrested in 2018, he was a professor at the University of Alberta. You know what the University of Alberta did? They refused to cooperate with the RCMP. They said, we're not giving you any information on this guy. He's our employee. He's going to stay our employee at the University of Alberta. They refused to cooperate with the police. Eventually, they cooperated afterwards. But that was their first reaction. Protect, 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 protect. These guys are protected. AHS, the moment he got his license back, AHS is protecting this guy until his retirement, right? Wow. And so okay. this, can you imagine? Like, like just, you well, know, I sit can. back and th think about this. Like, it, it's, 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 it's absolutely horrific. Dr. Mackis, I, I, can, I can imagine because I've seen what they did to me, Chris Skye, Pastor Archer Pavlovsky, uh, Pat King, all the things that have been done to anybody who spoke out. I can imagine this. Um, what you're saying is surprising only because it has taken this long for you and I to be able to speak in person. I was in prison when I wanted to talk to you. I think you were on the show before, weren't you? But I was in jail because of AHS, if I've got that right. There was a number of times that I really want to reach out and talk to you, but I had court orders stating that I couldn't speak to you. Unbelievable stuff. Ed, hold on. I got to kill your microphone. Um, the, the, uh, what AHS is, has done is they have shown the world that they are an authoritative government unto themselves. They will do whatever they want because they own everybody and every corporation. But it also lends a lot of credence to the knowledge that some of us have, and that is the courts are just a for-profit corporation. The police are a for-profit corporation. AHS is a for-profit corporation masking as a, uh, as a medical entity. What can we do? Well, you know, one thing I'll tell you, and, and again, I want to sort of bring uh, just kind of to wrap up these stories. So this is all happening while Dr. Verna Yu is the chief executive officer and president of Alberta Health Services. She was the president. She was put in by Rachel Notley in 2015. She was loyal to Justin Trudeau, a hardcore leftist always use their pronouns, she, her, because maybe it would be confusing, you know, if we, if, if we didn't, you know, know her. So she made sure to put her, plaster her pronouns everywhere. She, her, she, her, right? She was the ex HS executive until actually Jason Kenney fired her in 2022. Uh, and then what happened was the, the healthcare mafia in Alberta installed her. Uh, this was very recent. They've installed her as the vice president at the University of Alberta. So all these crimes happened under her watch. Uh, she's the one who laundered the money, who financed the lawyers, the the you know, and the attacks against Alberta citizens. All the hospital protocols. Actually, she's the one who unilaterally brought the COVID vaccine mandate on all 105,000 Alberta healthcare workers. 
She did it herself unilaterally. She said everyone has to show vaccine proof of two doses by October 15, 2021, or you'll be put on unpaid leave and fired. She got rid of thousands of nurses, paramedics, um, pharmacists, you know, hospital workers of every single type, doctors as well. She has literally destroyed our healthcare system while managing this huge money laundering operation and the 3,000 managers who worked under her. She has not been arrested. She has not been investigated. In fact, I have a court order where I am not allowed to contact her or, or really even like use her name on Twitter. They've come after me because I've linked her Twitter account in my Twitter posts. So that's been, I've been attacked on that. And, uh, you know, those, uh, what do you call it? Uh, contempt of court, right? Contempt of court applications uh, just for even mentioning her name. She is now the vice president of the University of Alberta. And let me tell you why the University of Alberta is important in all of this. University of Alberta has, has a law professor, a Trudeau Foundation fellow called Timothy Caulfield. Timothy Caulfield is at the forefront of the mature minor concept in Canada. He is trying to have children declared mature minors and say that there's no such thing as uh, you know age limit of, of, of being a, a minor or anything like that. There's this, there, there's this vague concept of mature minor where a child can make life-altering decisions uh, for their own health care. So that ties back to the trans movement. Uh, and also now the Trudeau government is pushing this mature minor concept for medical assistance in dying in euthanasia so that children can make the decision to commit suicide with a doctor's help without parental consent, without parental involvement. He's at the forefront of pushing this in Canada. He's a University of Alberta law professor. He also gets millions of dollars from Trudeau to, to, um, to go after misinformation and disinformation on the internet. So he's, he's viciously attacked me. He's done a smear job on me in the mainstream media and other, um, you know, other doctors who are now voicing concerns about what AHS is doing, you know, the lethal hospital protocols, um, not, you know, blocking doctors from treating their patients with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. Um, so he's at the forefront of a lot of this at the University of Alberta. The University of Alberta is the hotbed, is really a headquarters for this leftist mafia in Alberta that is bringing these attacks on children, for example. And, and, and so, you know, this all kind of links, links together. And, and, you know, to your question, well, what can we do about it? First of all, Albertans have to know this is happening because AHS has been really good at keeping scandals out of the media. In fact, mm -hmm. under Rachel Notley's government, the AHS board chair was the former president of the Edmonton Journal, a president and CEO of the Edmonton Journal. She was a media mogul. Linda Hughes, who has the Order of Canada, Notley appointed her as the board chair of AHS. And so during the Notley government, there were no scandals that made it to the media. I know because I, I reached out to over 200 journalists. When, when the attacks on me and my family and my cancer program were happening, not a single journalist would pick up the story. And I had Edmonton journal journalist Keith Gorain said, I'm sorry, I, I'm not allowed to even, you know, even write up your story. I had CBC investigative journalists, Charles Russell, Jenny Russell, award-winning investigative journalists tell me to basically F off that they weren't going to look at any court documents that I submitted and they were never going to run any story wow. about AHS. Yeah, I've got a lot of dirt on a lot of people. 
I've had um, Ryan Jesperson uh, literally mock my cancer patients and say, you know, you're a complete lunatic and, and you know, we're happy that uh, your cancer patients died. Ryan Jesperson, you know, went after me. Charles Adler went after me. I mean, the media, they've got the media, right? And, and, Charles and so, Adler? Yeah, really? Charles Adler, yeah. Is, he's is become he still a, alive? He's become a hardcore leftist. He's yeah. now a hardcore leftist. Yeah. God. Yeah, he and, used and to so be all right. He, he, was they, on, uh, he was on 680 News for a while, was he not? In Toronto? Look, I, I don't know much about him. I know that he's been, you know, in, he's been in the business, in the media business for a very, very long time. But in his old age, he's turned into a hardcore leftist. But that's the thing is, is that AHS has control, you know, of the media as well. The media will never cover an AHS scandal. And that's the bottom line is that the media is protecting AHS. So Albertans don't know. This is the important thing. Albertans have to know. Right. And so, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing uh, hundreds of interviews, uh, I'm getting the story out there. I'm still being threatened by AHS lawyers, but I don't care. I've, I've basically stopped responding to their court applications because it, the whole thing is a joke. I mean, the whole thing is a, is a fraud, right? But, but Albertans will have to push back and push back hard because these guys are not going to stop. You know, they are, they've got a direct link to the WEF. And, you know, if, if we get hit with another pandemic, you know, if we get hit with another scamdemic, and we've got the WHO with the pandemic treaty saying, well, we're not going to order lockdowns in Alberta. And we're going to order, um, you know, that everyone has to take remdesivir or, or everyone has to be injected with uh, our new mRNA vaccine. It'll be AHS that's going to be doing it. And they're going to be doing it happily because they are happily in the service of these leftists and globalists. And so Albertans have to do something. Wow. Um Ed, hold on, Ed. Ed, Ed, microphone, microphone, Ed, microphone. Why does it microphone. seem that if I just turned it on, can you hear me? Why does yeah, it we're seem getting, we're getting double? Why does it seem that if there's any good position in AHS, you've got to be some kind of a pedophile? And That's is this the way? Yeah. Is this the way they? Is this the dirt they've got on these people? Is this their? Not their care, but this is the way they restrain people and control them and get them to do what they want. So this probably goes all the way to the top. Absolutely. I, you know what? The things I've witnessed at AHS, the, the more corrupt, the more morally bankrupt you are, the faster you rise up the ladder at AHS. And, and that's right. the way it works. And, and apparently pedophilia is probably one of those things that they really like to have on you. Uh, so if you're in that, um, then, you, then you shoot up the ranks to the very top. Now, here's the thing is that the uh, Dr. Fred Janke, when they dropped his case, he was just about to go to court, Edmonton court. And I believe because he was involved in a child trafficking ring, he was involved in a child trafficking ring. He knew which websites to go to. He knew how to try to obtain these children. Uh, and this was a ring involving British Columbia and Alberta. And the only reason that the Alberta Crown prosecutors would drop the case like a hot potato despite the fact that there was nine months of evidence that had been collected by Victoria police and then handed over to the Alberta RCMP. The only reason they're dropping that case like a hot potato is if he's about to blow open a big child sex trafficking ring in Alberta involving lots of Alberta elites, probably in healthcare, maybe in education. We see similar types of things happening in education as well. 
Um, that's the only reason they would have dropped this case like a hot potato to protect people. That's what they're doing is they're protecting these pedophiles. Yeah, so the okay, Fox guys, Ed, hold on, Ed, hold on. Let's take down the pedophiles, everybody. We don't ask for money so that we can buy beer. In fact, I hate that stuff and you know it. I want to be able to tell more and more and more people about the corruption in my home country of Canada, a country that I had to escape, I might add, just to be able to bring this story to you. Tickets are $10 a piece. Somebody is going to take home half of the pot. Let's try to get the pot to 400 bucks tonight if we can, please, everyone. Head over to my website, kevinjjohnston.me. In the top right corner, you'll see the shop button. Mouse over that. You'll see donate. And just go ahead. Please donate there. Buy as many tickets as you like. And uh, we will draw the winner right at the end of the show. I will call you right after the show is done when you win and make sure that you get your cash delivered to you. If you don't want to use the website, send an email money transfer to freedomreport.ca at gmail.com in the bottom right corner. Let's expose pedophiles, folks. Let's expand this show and expand the audience and continue to bring these stories to the public because no other media outlet will. Not even Ezra Levant will at Rebel News. I'm, I'm blocked by Ezra, by the way. Ezra blocked me probably about two years ago on Twitter. I had a fight with Sheila Gunn-Reed. Uh, she said that my my story, my HS story is not big enough, not important enough. Uh, Rebel News, unfortunately, Rebel News have, has been covering for AHS. They, they will not run a story that is negative about AHS, about the pedophiles at AHS. I mean, they'll run everything else, but they will not touch the golden cow, the golden calf in Alberta, which is Alberta Health Services. Why, how do you define controlled opposition, people? How? Dr. Dr. Mackis just did it for us. Thank you. Now, remdesivir. I can't believe they're still allowing that drug to be used. Unbelievable. All it does is destroy your liver or kidneys or both? Kidneys. Yeah, kidneys. Um, you know, damages your lungs as well. The, the, the thing is that remdesivir is a big moneymaker. And, and it's, you know, once you get something pushed through by, you know, Health Canada, for example, right? You know, in the States, you've got the FDA. The FDA approves something. Here you've got Health Canada. Once they push something through, and this has happened with the COVID vaccines, with every single COVID vaccine, booster, you name it. Once they push this through, there's no stopping it. They're not taking it off the market. They, they don't care if 10,000 people are going to die, 50,000 people are going to die. They don't care. We're, 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 it's all about money. It's all about money. Exactly. That's why the vaccines are still being pushed on a babies as young as six months old. And we know that hundreds of kids have died after taking the vaccines. I've been documenting this extensively. Um, you know, we have university students who are dropping dead, dying in their sleep, collapsing while they're playing sports because they were all forced by the universities and colleges to take at least two shots. And some universities has, have forced three shots. Young people are dropping dead. Nobody cares. It just, the money keeps rolling in. Actually, we do care. Can you give us any uh, advice? Um, I know of a personal friend of mine. His cousin just, uh, he's double jabbed. He's got blood clots all over him. Uh, Personally, I don't think he's going to make it. Is there any way we can help this guy? Well, so blood clot issue, you can you can look at something like natokinase, which is a 
enzyme derived from fermented soybeans, uh, natural enzyme discovered in Japan. They're using it extensively in Japan. Natto kinase, N-A-T-T-O-K-I-N-A-S-E. It also breaks down the spike protein from the vaccine. So it kind of takes care of two, two issues at once. Uh, but, but once you've had a vaccine injury like this and you start having all these clots all over the place, it is a difficult thing to deal with. There's no quick fix. There's no silver bullet. Uh, there's a whole number of things you have to take. You have to take some antioxidants. You have to take some things that block the spike protein like ivermectin, quercetin, uh, nigella sativa, artemisia annua, uh, olive leaf, and so on. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can take as supplements, but um, pine needle tea, another good one. Pine needle tea is another one that, that a lot of people are taking that counteracts the toxicity of the spike protein, vitamin D, vitamin C, and acetylcysteine. Um, another thing that's helped people is uh, a long fast, doing a water fast for three days or four days, not eating anything, just a water fast. The body starts to clear some of the damage. Uh, you, you get some stem cells being produced to heal you know, some of the damage that the spike protein has done. So there's a lot of things that you, know, you, you, you should do um, to try to deal with these injuries. The problem is, is that doctors are lying to their patients or they're not telling the truth. This, is, this all comes back to AHS and the college. The moment you, t as a doctor, you tell the truth about the vaccine to your patients, they come after your license, they strip you of your job, hospital privileges, and your license. And again, the pedophiles, no, that's okay. You know, the, the more, the, the bigger of a pervert and child sex abuser you are, the more you can practice and have access to Albertans. But heaven forbid, you tell your patients about the risks of the vaccines, your career is finished. This is why, I mean, we're, we're literally in a kind of a dictatorship, in a, in a sort of a medical dictatorship. Um, you know, we've got the shadow government of the AHS that handles, you know, half of our provincial money. But doctors are really being muzzled and they're being threatened. And, you know, until we basically clean out this cesspool at AHS and the colleges, this is, good. This is just going to continue. People are going to keep getting hurt. Well, here's uh, something else. You're correct about the masters of propaganda. Uh, you know, during my mayor run in, in uh, 2021 in Calgary, I would get sirens that go, whoop, whoop. Ed, leave it alone. Uh, I would get sirens that would just do the, the double whoop. It was um, ambulance drivers. They would flash their lights and, and blow the, uh, the siren for a quick second to get my attention. And they're giving me the finger. They'd see me campaigning or they'd see me in my suit with my signs up and whatnot. And they'd be giving me the finger. I got the finger a lot by paramedic drivers. So even the staff in AHS were believing the, uh, the hype, all of the hype that uh, was being put forth, not only by CTV, not only by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, but by internal memos, memos that AHS were putting out. And I, I did get phone calls from a few AHS doctors and nurses where they explained um, what was being said about me in AHS. And everybody was warned not to talk to me, uh, not to go near me, uh, not to vote for me. That was another big one that they had announced. Um, and that if there was anything at all that anyone knew that could be reported to police to, to inform the key brass right away, they were looking for more trumped up charges to, uh, to put on me. And believe me, nothing would, would please me more than making them pay for sticking me in prison for seven weeks during my, uh, my mayor campaign. Um, I'm hoping as this is just me praying, I can't, dear Lord, please have these people bump into me somewhere around, I don't know, 
anywhere in Costa Rica. And, and then we will, you know, see how things pan out for them. Won't be good. I can tell you that. These people are dirt and scum. And these people are criminals. They have zero concern whatsoever about lying to the entire public about the pandemic that never happened. They had zero concern for human life, the sanctity of human life during it. They knew that they were killing people. They knew they were bankrupting people. They knew people were losing their homes as a result. They knew that children... The toddlers, I mean, they, they had all the psychological reports and studies given to them. They even knew that toddlers were not developing language skills because they couldn't see human faces. You know, yeah. when the first five years of a child's life is the most important for, for language centers and the comprehension of the human face. And they've got their own, they've got their own pediatricians. They've got their own pediatricians that are going on mainstream media. They get the platform on CBC, Global, CTV, and so on. That are coming out and saying no masks are fine the the you know there's no harm there's no evidence of harm to children from the masking i can produce a whole bunch of studies showing harm you know to children from the masks they've got their own pediatricians now this is again backed by ahs brass right they get the media access and that but it's it's the whole propaganda machine it's a well-oiled machine both from the legal system aspect and the media aspect and i think the media is the big piece that's why albertans just don't know about the abuses and the corruption that happens at AHS and the things that AHS does. If more Albertans knew, I think there would be an uproar. And, and so, you know, I, I hope that one thing I would suggest, uh, you know, to anyone who's watching and who, anyone who ends up seeing this uh, down the road is uh, if you know something uh, and, and, and there's a lot of people that have dirt on AHS, bring it forward. You know, send it to me, send it to, you know, whoever is exposing AHS. Let's get it out there. I will get it out there. I've had already people come to me and say, we have more child sex abuse scandals for you involving Alberta Health Services. Uh, let's talk. Let's meet and so on. There's a lot more of these stories. I mean, I, I just gave you a couple of stories tonight. I know there's a, a whole many more. But when I put out something like this, you know, it has to be bulletproof. It has to be 100%. I have to be able to go and, and give the verified information because I get attacked for bringing this forward. I've been viciously attacked on Twitter from, you know, and I've had threats for bringing this forward. And they always say, oh, but you're this and you're that and AHS declared you and AHS took your license and you're not trustworthy and so on. And I'm like, go back to the source and read about the pedophiles. You're defending child sex abusers. And some of them go and read it and they're like, oh, damn, like this is real. So, you know, these stories are real. Uh, when I put it out, it is bulletproof. There is no defamation here. This is 100% facts. And, uh, you know, we need more of these. We need people to just come out. And, and, and we, need to, we need to flood AHS. We need to flood UCP with these stories. You know, hold their feet to the fire. And let's see them. Let's see some firings. And let's get the ball rolling on cleaning up this corruption. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And if you uh, if you are someone who works for Alberta Health Services, uh, please go to my website um, right there. Yeah, right there. KevinJJohnson.me. That's my personal website. And send me your evidence. I mean, I can't wait to read it. I, I, I've got my own evidence. Uh, hold on there. We're getting feedback. Okay, that's your microphone, Doc. I just muted you for a second. Like, uh, send that to me, please, because I truly do want to expose all of it. And here's the thing, even though there's a court order 
in in that ridiculous province of Alberta saying that I cannot defame AHS. It doesn't change the fact that I can still tell the truth. And all we have to do, uh, Dr. Mackis, and all anyone has to do is type everything up on a piece of paper and do this at a notary public's office, pay 25 bucks and say, blah, 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 everything here is true, uh, so help me God. And now it's official. Now it's a, it's officially a document that the world can read and you have absolute privilege to submit to the entire planet. My Lord, oh my God. Um, wh- what were you a doctor of? I was a um, doctor of radiology and oncology. It was a nuclear medicine and I, and I did both radiology and oncology in my practice. So diagnosing, mostly diagnosing and treating cancers. How many of you are there in Alberta? Well, were, 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 how many of you were there in Alberta at the time where they took your license? Go ahead. Not many. I mean, there were maybe, you know, there's maybe 50 of us in, in, in the entire province. But in terms of the cancer treatments I was doing, I was one of two in Canada that were doing them. And, and so it was a highly specialized. They came after me uh, because the Trudeau government wanted a monopoly on cutting edge precision cancer treatments. They invested heavily in this uh, before the pandemic. Maybe they knew something that we didn't, you know, maybe something about uh, the vaccines, who knows, right? But the, the point is that they invested themselves into pharmaceuticals. Uh, more people are starting to realize that now because, you know, Trudeau's building mRNA vaccine factories in Quebec. He's probably gonna build another one in British Columbia. So they, are, they just wanna get rich. They just wanna get rich. Uh, you know, they, they, they're investing into pharmaceuticals. That's their big thing. That is the liberal parties and their lackeys. That is their ticket to retirement is, is pharmaceuticals. Well, yeah, no doubt of that either. It's uh, amazing how much um, they rely on drugs. And I can tell you this because I've now, because I'm a really big mouth and because I'm a good podcaster and I smile a lot and the government doesn't like uh, a smiling guy who exposes them. I've been in prisons now in Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia. And I can tell you the biggest drug dealer uh, in the province of Ontario right now is the actual prison system there. Uh, They arrest guys in Ontario for using fentanyl or dealing in fentanyl. Then when they get into jail, they get free fentanyl. I don't get it. You know, then there's also the guys who are dealing in heroin and addicted to heroin they go to prison for dealing in heroin, but they get heroin every day in a convenient white pill tablet and they crush it down and they, they snort it. They do all kinds of stuff. You know, Alberta, I would say is the second biggest drug dealer for uh, the, the actual province of Alberta. Cause in the prison, they were getting more fentanyl than a human being should actually ever have. And while I was in there, there was two deaths in, in the wing that I was in guys that were just ODing on this stuff. They would take their tablets, crush them all down, hang on to it for three days, get enough, and then put it up their nose and wipe it on their eyeballs and and be high for the whole night. Oh yeah, it's really bad. And and this is the prison gives them fentanyl and heroin and and, uh, pill forms of cocaine. What do they think is going to happen in there? So that's what's going on, everybody. The, the, The governments of Canada screwed up by putting me in prison so I could see this. Did they think that I was not going to talk about the amount of drugs that are in prison that are handed out by the government? Oh, Lord. I just want to say thank you to Linda for grabbing two tickets there. We just got your your ticket purchase. I think we've got 14 tickets in the pot. 
Uh, folks, that's not enough tickets. We've got to get some more tickets going there. 50-50 draw. You see the logo at the top there? 50-50 draw. Go to my website, kevinjjohnson.me. Buy some tickets. They're 10 bucks a piece. You're going to win cash at the end of the show. You can use email money transfer in the other corner over there, which is freedomreport.ca at gmail.com. We don't get paid for this show. We have never been bribed by any government institution. We, we don't get money from the Canadian government. We don't get money from anyone aside from you. It's, this is all fan support. So that's why we want to split the prize money with you. We want everyone to have a good time. And uh, now that I'm in Costa Rica, the Lottery Corporation and the, uh, the trade commissions of Alberta can no longer threaten me to take my show down or put me in jail and so on. Dr. Mack, it's just to sell tickets online. I had to leave Canada. I, I gave a crypto conference, not even a conference, just a speech about what crypto is in this crappy town called Leduc, which is south of Edmonton. And, <laughs> and, and uh, oh, Ed's dog destroyed his headphones. Okay, Ed, that sucks. This, we, we, now we got to buy headphones for Ed. Uh, give us a hand, buy tickets. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, I, I talked to 20 people in this room just explaining what Bitcoin was. Not selling it to them, not trading it, not doing any of that. And within a couple of days, I had a threatening letter sent to my house telling me that I had no business selling it, that they were the full uh, authority in the province of Alberta on cryptocurrency, and that in no way uh, can I do anything with it, lest they um, lock me up. There's another threat for jail time. I had to get my lawyer to get rid of these guys with uh, the appropriate legal terminology. Unreal. So now that I'm here, folks, let's take advantage of it. Uh, it's kind of like gambling, but I'm in Costa Rica. It's legal here. Buy tickets. Buy tickets. There you go. Wow. Dr. Mackis, what, um, what is it about you where you came forward and you spoke out, but the other doctors just cowered away and then lied to the public on TV? What makes you different? Go ahead. Well, I mean, it, you know, it could be a couple of things. Um, one is, I mean, I was born in communist Czechoslovakia. You know, my family fled communism. I did live in a refugee camp, United Nations refugee camp for a year. Uh, I learned English there, so my English isn't perfect, but it's you know it's close. Um, so I have that Eastern European background. We just don't put up with uh, government corruption, and uh, you know we see it from a mile away, right? It, it's this is something that like people here, you know, people born in Canada, it, it's for the most part implicitly trust the government, trust the government, trust the public health officials. My goodness, the doctors have 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 you know me and you know my best interests at heart, uh, you know with all this uh, remdesivir they're giving me and the COVID vaccines and you know let me let me give it to my children. Uh, they they must they must want to protect me and my children, right? People people trust their institutions here, which boggles the mind because you know I I've seen horrible things in communism. I mean you know you know we had people disappear in communism right up till the time that my parents escaped. Uh, this was before the Berlin Wall came down. Now, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski has the same background, right? He, he comes out of communist Poland. He saw what the communists did, the bare shelves, you know, the, the limited, well, not, there was no freedom of speech in communism, really. I mean, if you said anything against communism, that was it. Um, so, you know, he saw the same thing. And, and we just, I don't know, it's, it's, I didn't escape communism to roll over for some communist bureaucrats in Canada. I, you know, like my family didn't flee one communist country to end up in another communist country. And I'm sure as hell not going to raise my kids in a communist country. Like that is just not happening. And, you know, with the way things are going, 
Uh, if this keeps going and, uh, you know, we don't course correct or Alberta doesn't, uh, re- you know, course correct uh, from all this uh, socialist communist nonsense, I will, you know, take my family and flee Canada. Like I'm not going to, you know, wait until the, you know, until the Iron Curtain falls on Canada and, and that's it. So that's part of it, right? I mean, the other part of it is that I actually encountered corruption before the pandemic hit. And unlike my colleagues who never encountered corruption, who've had their, you know, nice little careers and, and everything was was nice and, and, and easy, um, you know, I encountered the corruption ahead of time. And maybe that was my destiny. You know, maybe, maybe that was to prepare me for, for the pandemic and what would uh, where I would ultimately end up, which is basically spend the entire pandemic exposing HS's crimes, corruption, vaccine injuries, vaccine deaths, and so on. So, but why are my colleagues, almost all of them, silent? Um, and, you know, they basically bent the knee for the government. They took the jabs. They kept their mouth shut. They stopped treating their COVID patients, stopped writing exemption letters, stopped informing patients about, you know, the dangers of the COVID vaccine. I don't know why so many doctors rolled over. I know the money's good. I know, the, especially the money in Alberta, doctors get paid really well. Average salary is what, almost $400,000? $380,000 is the average doctor salary in Alberta. That's right. Wow. A lot more than in Ontario and even British Columbia. Alberta is one of the best paid, uh, if not the best paid province for doctors. So they rolled over and they, they kept their mouth shut. But the thing is, is they took the jabs. So now they've basically, you know, they've taken the poison themselves. What are they going to do now? They've backed themselves into a corner. You can't tell your patients that you basically were recommending them to, to take this, this poison vaccine. And, and now how are you going to backtrack? Because, you know, AHS is not going to be held legally liable. They're going to dump, if, if there's ever any legal fallout from this, they're going to dump it on the individual doctors. Actually, there is legal fallout. And I don't know if you're aware of the name uh, Eva Chipiak. She was in, uh, first time I met her was in uh, Ottawa at the Swiss Hotel. She was one of the lawyers that was hired uh, by the truckers. There is currently a lawsuit that's been started. And we're going to try to get these people on our show, Kevin. I'm working on it. Apparently, what's happened is a judge, a judge has uh, ruled that the way that the uh, the way that Dina Henshaw approached um, the whole pandemic, she was never authorized in uh, in the laws and the rules. She never had the authority to do what she did. Now, whether it's not constitutional, it's one thing. But the fact that remains, there's been a ruling put out, and the lawsuits are starting. Yeah. So and I don't know if you're aware of this yet, or... I am, I am aware of this. Um, I know that uh, uh, the, another lawyer, Leighton Gray, is also working on a class action lawsuit uh, for those who were harmed by you know, the mandates and so on. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's one way uh, that you know, people can push back is to flood the courts with lawsuits and push back on these guys. Because, I mean, if enough people file lawsuits and flood the courts, uh, AHS is going to struggle. H is going to struggle, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm working very hard uh, with individuals within within the UCP uh, party uh, to find a way to um, cut AHS off from its lawyers, to to dissolve the colleges, to basically give freedom back to doctors. Because if you blow that wide open, 
if you give freedom back to the doctors, now the doctors can start informing their patients about the dangers of the vaccine. And we're going to be flooded in Alberta with healthcare workers from around Canada. And it's going to be a big F you to Justin Trudeau and his bureaucratic mafia. You have to cut the head off the snake. And, um, you know, that's that's something that I'm trying to work towards. Um, obviously, there are a lot of corrupt conservatives, though, that don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to see corruption cleaned up in HS because they're benefiting in one way or another. They're, you know, their business is benefiting or their law firm is benefiting or, or you know, or they're invested in some pharmaceutical company. So we have, unfortunately, corrupt conservatives within the UCP who, who want to leave the system in place as it is. Well, the other thing that we can also do, actually, Ed, get the dog to stop barking, please. Um, what we can also do is the, um, the lawyers. We could go after them. Uh, we can file complaints about lawyers to the law society uh, of each individual province, something that people never really consider. So let me just share a screen here. Um, this guy's not going to be happy that I'm doing this. Th this here is the left-wing pro-pedophilia piece of shit. Okay, you got you, you to you stop right there. Yeah. This is the lead lawyer who has been harassing and threatening my family from the very beginning. He organized my removal from my practice back in 2015. This guy has been basically trying to destroy me for over eight years. Yeah. This is the guy. This guy, this is Mark, J. Mark Jackson. I guess the, uh, the, the J stands for jerk off. I mean, this, this guy, whenever he speaks, he speaks like a coward. He actually doesn't necessarily believe what he is saying, but he, it seems like he's reading scripts. Whenever he was criticizing me, he had little drops of sweat hanging off. And he's just this, this weird cowardly face about him. There's his contact information, everybody. That's his name. How about 10,000 people file complaints to the law society about this guy? And if you have to make stuff up, it doesn't matter. This guy has no morals of any kind. I went through all of his social media. He is a far left nut. This guy here, he believes in 72 genders. This guy here, he, he believes in, uh, in institutions like NAMBLA, you know, the, the North American man, boy love association. If, if, if there was ever going to be a civil litigator to protect pedophiles it would be this guy here you know he is hypercritical of everything conservative his personal views on guys like you and i are he sees us through the eyes of adolf hitler the way he would see jews all right this guy hates everything conservative by the way and he's a wimp by he's the a, way this guy's a, go ahead go ahead in my, in my case yeah. he has filed about 15 fraudulent, completely fraudulent court applications with fraudulent affidavits, which are signed by his secretary. His secretary, uh, that's one of them, Salima Somji, that, that's one of the secretaries. Uh, there. Yeah, that, that idiot. But in the past, she's a very, past very, they had very another stupid. one. They literally file sworn affidavits, which are sworn by his secretary, who claims to know my case and, and, and what I did and everything that, you know, happened to me and, and, and what I did at work. So he's been committing fraud for years. I mean, I mean, if there's anyone who could be easily arrested and thrown in prison, it, it would be him. Fraudulent affidavits where they made stuff up, where they just everything is made up in the affidavit. 
fraudulent affidavits, fraudulent court applications. He goes to court. The judge just rubber stamps whatever the hell he wants. And that's the thing is the judge is giving these guys whatever they put in front of the judges. Uh, It is just such a corrupt, rotten system. God, Uh, if only, if only the law of Canada says that this piece of dirt here had to behave like a man and had to face me like a man. Do you know this guy was so worried about meeting me in person that he insisted that when he was complaining about me to a judge, I actually had to legally be in the Calgary courthouse. He insisted that I not be there because he didn't want to see me. He, he knows that in any particular type of confrontation with me, whether it just be verbal, he would never be able to outdo me verbally. And he knows that if it did go to blows, it would be, it'd be one little bitch slap and he'd be crying on the floor like the bitch that he is. Now, I don't want to talk like that on my own show, but this guy here has a couple of sons and they're also under his tutelage to become far left maniacs. All this family's social media is gross, man. This is a very gross individual. And it's not like he even argued anything well. His arguments that he brought forward were not good legal arguments. It's just that he knew he was going to win against me because I didn't have any funds to to hire a lawyer myself. Not that any lawyer would have done me a good job anyway, because he also knew the judges were completely bought and paid for. By the way, Kevin, so whenever, whenever he would show up in court for my court cases, they show up as a, as a, as a pack as, as like a, like a pack of animals, like eight, eight of them will show up in court. In fact, it's hilarious because I've been self-represented for the last seven years. And whenever they, so whenever, you know, I, I take the seat at my table, you know, and that's, it's just me and with my legal documents. And then he comes with an entire posse of eight corporate lawyers. Now this is where the money is going down the toilet, Alberta taxpayer money, just being flushed right down the toilet. He shows up with about eight lawyers. There's about three or four AHS lawyers. There's another, maybe two college lawyers. And there's usually a couple of students look, you know, that they're training to commit these crimes. It's like the future generation of lawyers who are going to continue committing the crimes, the money laundering, killing patients, covering up the murders, extortion, and so on. You know, they're training those young lawyers. They bring them into the courtroom as well. So there's literally, they're like, they, they fill up so much space that they actually spill over to the back benches because there's not enough room for all of them in court. Everything paid by Alberta taxpayer dollars. AHS legal consumes hundreds of millions of dollars. And this is what they do. They come after people like yourself, like myself, like Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky, like Chris Scott from Whistle Stop Cafe. They come after us, and but they're using taxpayer money. This is, I mean, there's a term for this. It's called lawfare. And it's like warfare, but through law. And, and that is what they're doing. And in fact, I've had lawyers tell me, you know, back when I could afford lawyers, they said, AHS is going to wage a war of attrition against your family because they have unlimited funds. And that's basically where we're at with these guys. Well, so here, I guess the question is, Ed, you've got the floor in 10 seconds here. I'm in Costa Rica. Now what? How are you going to keep me quiet? I mean, you can go to another justice of the peace and say, here's how Mark Jackson talks. <laughs> Kevin J. Johnson. <laughs> and then he said that there's only two sexes. <laughs> and he'll win because the judge already hates me. But Mr. Jackson, now what? All right. You, you didn't. You, what you should have done, what Alberta Health Services should have done is they should have put a bullet in my head. 
That's what they should have done. And it's, just, it's amazing them, how... Kevin, don't give them any ideas because that's probably one of the few tools they have left against me. So don't... I mean, they're not competent. They're not competent. Well, they're, obviously, they're not brave all. enough to do it. This Jackson guy wasn't even brave enough to have me in the same courthouse with him with 100 cops around to protect him. So it's not like these people have any bravery whatsoever. They're all gutless, every single one of them. Ed, what's your statement? Go ahead. Okay, Dr. Marcus, you grew up in communism. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. If you kill the man, you got five years. If you said anything against the state or the government or the narrative that the state was pushing, sometimes you get seven to ten years or sometimes you just disappear. True or false? I can tell you people continued to disappear in communist countries right up to the fall of communism. Now, in some places, it was worse than others. So, for example, East Germany, really bad. Places like Romania, Albania, really, really bad. Uh, I mean, that is why when the communism started to fall, I mean, uh, for example, the Romanian communist dictator, Ceausescu, I mean, he was executed. You know, he was, he was executed by, by the population uh, because, you know, he was so abusive to the people. And, 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 and East Germany, like I said, East Germany used to shoot people when they were trying to, you know, get over the Berlin Wall. Uh, and this is this is not that long ago. This is back in the 1980s. So, yeah, I mean, if you went against but, and again, in, in, in the, and this is why it's you know, it reminds me so much of communism, uh, this whole sort of uh, because ideology was above everything else. Now, it was in the communist country, it was communist ideology, communism as a, as a form of government, as a form of economy, what have you. That is what was above all. And everything came underneath that right so it was it was everything was ideologically driven that's why my dad escaped because the he was a he was a he was a he was a young university professor and they came to him they're like well you got to go in the communist party and you got to now start going publicly you know espousing the the wonders of communism and you know teaching the next generation of students about communist ideology and so on and he's like no nah, i'm not doing that and they're like no you have to like you don't have a, you don't get a say in this that's why we fled communism. But that was it. Ideology was above everything else. And that is what we're seeing with Trudeau. It's now it's it's a different kind of ideology. It's, uh, you know, this diversity, equity and, and, and so on. Inclusion, inclusivity. I mean, that is these are all socialist communist terms. You know, you've got the climate change in there. You've got, you know, the, the trans issue. Uh, it, so it's a different flavor of communism. But it comes with the full authoritarian package. Forget your freedom of speech. Uh, forget freedom of travel. We saw that with uh, with how the unvaccinated were not allowed to get on planes and trains. We had a taste of that. Oh, I got a story. I just a quick thing, Doctor Macus. You're gonna love this one. When they had me locked up uh, two Januarys ago, now Ontario wanted me to go back to Ontario to serve a contempt of court jail sentence, a civil contempt of court sentence but as they were saying this in my my bail hearing well we we can't get mr johnson over there because he's not vaccinated so he can't fly he can't take a train he can't take a bus and we don't have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh, in the budget to send two opp officers to pick him up in alberta and drive him back because they would have had to buy meals and hotels the whole bit i would have had to have had my own hotel room with a couple of cops standing outside of the hotel room to get me there and probably stay over one, maybe two nights. 
Uh, so because I was not vaccinated and made it very public, I wasn't, I couldn't go to jail. Is that not the best thing ever? <laughs> I mean, it just, it just shows you how ludicrous this whole thing is. Right. But, but the authoritarianism, right. I mean, what you're describing is, is and what we experienced, it, it was, was a, a type of authoritarianism that, you know, we saw in communist countries in the past. And so uh, this is it. It's, it's, they're pushing an ideology now, you're not allowed to protest this ideology, so you're not allowed to protest the Drax Queen Story Hour. You're not allowed to say anything bad about this and that and what have you. That's where that authoritarianism comes in to protect the ideology, which is above everything else. I mean, that is at the top. Okay, if I can ask one more question, please. I presume that most doctors are awesome doctors. They want only the best for their patients. How did this COVID vaccine uh, get approved and what checks and balances were missed that something like this could be put on the Canadian government? In your eyes, please. Well, so, I mean, it's very simple. The doctors had no say. The doctors actually have no say in, in the drugs that are available to them to be used. And in some cases, they are literally forced to use them because they are in the hospital protocol. So for example, remdesivir, they don't, first of all, doctors don't get a say in saying, well, I don't want to use the remdesivir. Let's try something else. No, that's, that's the only thing that's available to you. And second of all, if you're not putting patients on remdesivir as per protocol, you're going to be stripped of your, uh, you know, of your uh, shifts and so on. But, but you're, when you're talking about approval of, uh, you know, these, these failed drugs or toxic drugs, you have to go back to Health Canada. This is Health Canada is approving these things. And Health Canada re receives something like 80 to 90% of its funding from Big Pharma. And it's headquartered in Ottawa. So, of course, it's got its, its bureaucracy is a liberal bureaucracy. So this all comes back on the federal government. And once they approve it, then it sort of trickles down to the provinces and then you've got the local bureaucracies like Alberta Health Services that says, yes, this is approved by Health Canada. This is the only thing that we're going to use. And that's so, how they do this. This is the first time I've heard that Health Canada is funded by the pharmaceuticals. I thought our tax dollars paid for Health Canada. Yeah. yeah people, again, people can look this up. Very heavy funding from the pharmaceutical industry. And the bureaucracy, again, completely controlled by the by the federal liberal party okay thank you All so right. much for coming on uh guys i'm going to step out early guys if you find any value in the show please share this out people need to know the truth thanks guys appreciate it eduardo that's eddie uh eddie jam the sack thanks for being here ed ed leave the buttons alone i got this don't touch the buttons my god in fact there we are uh, Ed's war, he's operating on an iPad. It's about like that big. It's that super big one. And there's cracks all over the screen. So I tapped it a couple of times and other stuff happened. I'm, I'm wondering if I accidentally launched a couple of nuclear weapons with that thing. That's how badly the screen <laughs> it looks and how off the operations are. But we got to bring Adrian in here because someone's going to win some cash. Yeah, someone's absolutely, Kevin. Cash, brother. Well, let's have a look. There's the tickets in the bucket. Okay, scramble around. Keep your eyes on the camera so no one can accuse okay, you. Okay, there we go. That's right. Now I'm sticking my hand in, mixing it here. up. All right. And I have a ticket, everybody. Let's see who the lucky person is for this Valentine's draw. And it is Gord Robert. Gord. Right, Gord Robert. Wow, <laughs> this guy is like horseshoe somewhere. 
I, I'm telling you, man, he's the luckiest man on the planet. He really is. Gord, I'm going to get a hold of you Absolutely. after the show. Thanks for playing. We do certainly appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Adrian. Uh, no any concluding statements? Any uh, well-wishing you want to do? Well, i just like to say uh, keep up your good work, uh, Dr. William Mackis, because uh, it's just such a fa uh, fascinating story you have. And uh, this corruption that we're being faced with is so entrenched in our system that we need more and more people just to speak out and get rid of it. Like that lawyer was just a creep. <laughs> uh, oh, lawyer, Mark, yeah. whatever his name was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try, try looking at that idiot's face from inside of a prison cell. Oh, with, with, with oh, those, those cameras, yeah, the television set and whatnot, and there, there's no soundproofing in the room. So yeah. everything that this this left-wing beta cuck had to say would bounce off the walls and enter my ear three times at least. Yeah. This, this, oh, this, this guy him. here, I bet his mother still wipes his ass for him. I'm just, he's that, that kind of just beta <laughs> loser. He didn't argue anything well. He just knew he was going to win the cases against me. Because That's how it is. That's, That's how it is with all of these, whether it's AHS lawyers, college lawyers. And I've learned this, like I learned this very early on. I would walk into the courtroom. I would see the behavior of the judge. I would see their behavior. They were so arrogant. It was like they were basically talking like the case was already won. And I realized that I'm basically in a completely rigged proceeding mm -hmm. There's no point for me to even be there because the outcome would be the identical. You know, it didn't matter what I had to say. Uh, usually the judge was rolling their eyes or, or whatever. Uh, it's just a completely rotten, rotten system, justice system. And it is. And Dr. Mackis and Adrian, I think maybe you both know the story, but maybe not. Um, when I was in court, the judge actually told me that he wanted to order me to take the vaccine. But he needed my permission to write that order. That's when I went and wasted 10 minutes out in the hallway with uh, my lawyer saying, uh, you know, like, well, is this guy serious? Like, I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> he actually needs my permission. So if the judge needs my permission yeah. uh, to, to, to write that order, how could he possibly write any other order that pertains to me, my body, and my freedom? And if the Children's Aid Societies right across the country can skip the court order and just take kids out of people's homes. Well, why do we have the courts in the first place? So what they do when these, they make these statements is they show us that they actually don't have authority. We, the people, just need to shut these courthouses down. Kill the power, break the windows, fill them with a biological agent, blow them up. Like, we got to get rid of yeah. these things, man. These courthouses have to disappear. Like, if you're going to do any damage to the building, make sure they're empty, okay? I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying if you choose to do it on like yeah, maybe 11 p.m. on a Saturday. So nobody's inside, not even the janitors, all right? But I'm, I'm serious. Like they, they show us they don't have power. They only have it because they've got guns and we believe that they are the authoritative figures. And yeah. that's why whenever I had judges tell me that I owed somebody money, I think it's like $15 million now of judgments against me. I'm not paying it. I, I do not recognize the authority of some son of a bitch wearing a black dress, sitting at a desk that's a little higher than me, telling me you have to give your money to that guy because that guy didn't like what you said. Wow. Could you imagine if we lived in a real masculine uh, um, country where the judge says, yeah, you didn't like what he said? Get in the boxing ring and settle it like men. Wouldn't that be amazing? But we don't have that kind of country anymore. Wow. Adrian, thanks for being here, brother. I appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you. And ladies, um, take him out for dinner tomorrow. This guy will treat you right. Adrian is the best guy on the planet. He knows how to treat a lady well. Uh, don't date bad boys like me. Date good guys like him. Period. All right. So.
Dr. Mackis, we got about four minutes left here. Uh, I want to say thank you myself for not putting up with them, but for, for, for attacking them the way that you have. And I know I've been attacked by them. So I know exactly what you're going through and how expensive it can get. And sometimes how debilitating it can get. Yeah, what is your final words for Canadians, Americans, everybody watching about the evil institutions in Canada? Please go ahead. Well, I think the the time for sitting on the fence is is over. Uh, you know, I think a lot of even a lot of Albertans sat on the fence and and you know just kind of let AHS do what it did. And you know, there were those of us who were really abused by AHS and and their lawyers and judges and so on. But here's the thing: is that now Albertans don't feel safe going to the hospital, right? Now they don't trust their doctors. They don't feel safe that if they need a surgery, that someone's not going to jab them while they're sleeping with the latest uh, mRNA booster and what have you, right? And and so what kind of future do you do Albertans want to have, right? And I mean, it, it's, it's you know, we have this corruption because Albertans have tolerated it and, and they've allowed it to basically, you know, to, to grow like a cancer, consume all of our institutions. Uh, and only now Albertans are starting to wake up and realize that uh, basically, these institutions are after their kids, and they're after their kids in schools, in in you know, in the healthcare system. So I don't want this future for my kids, and I'm going to keep fighting. But I'm going to keep fighting only to a point. And if this, uh, you know, if this thing doesn't course correct, uh, I am not going to raise my children in a place like this uh, that is so corrupt, so abusive, with really no future, um, and run by insane leftists who are mentally ill but they're put in every position of power let alone you know the pedophiles that are in the positions of power so you know i leave it to albertans i mean what kind of future do you want what kind of province do you want uh, if if you don't want this then do something about it do something about it sure right here's what I've, i'm I've, doing about it Dr. i've Knight. done plenty i've done plenty oh. i've got eight years you know yeah. Dr. Um, Mackis, I just want to show you something. Maybe this will tickle your fancy a bit. I'm running for mayor of my hometown, Mississauga. I have to do it from Costa Rica because you know that they're either going to incarcerate me forever or shoot me. You know, you, you just, they're going to do one or the other. Um, but here's what I've promised about these leftist pigs out there. I've promised that when I am mayor, listen to my words, you idiots. All right. And I'm talking, when I say idiots, I mean the Peel Regional Police and all the other cops out there who, who, deliberately misinterpret words. When I am mayor of Mississauga, I am introducing a private police force called the Brass Knuckle Brigade. And their job is to walk around whenever drag queens are dancing in front of kids sexually, boom, knock them out, take every tooth out of their mouths. Pedophiles, boom, knock them right out. In fact, beat them to the point where they don't even know who they are. Then we arrest them. Then we sue them. Then we publicly humiliate them. I hate the left wing. You can call it hate speech if you want. I hate left wing thinkers because they have destroyed everything that was great about Canada and everything that was great about America and Europe. The left wing kills, the left wing destroys. They have no reason to exist for the betterment of mankind because they don't even comprehend what the betterment of mankind is. So Dr. Mackis, God bless you. Thank you for doing what you do. I can't wait Thank to have you, you back. Thanks again for having me on. It was a pleasure. My extreme pleasure. You're an amazing man. Take care. Dr. Mackis, everybody. Like, wow. Um, 
I've wanted to talk to him for, for years now, like plural years now, ever since I found out about who he was and what his fight with Alberta Health Services was. And here we are. I'm finally not in jail in Canada uh, for talking. I'm finally not under court orders that restrict my freedom of speech, my freedom of movement, my ability to, to use the toilet or anything else. I, or even my ability to, I don't know, buy toilet paper. It was amazing how many restrictions I had preventing me from talking to Dr. Mackis and others just like him. And that um, that's not me complaining. That's just me pointing out the reality of what Canada is. It is a dictatorship. It is a fascist communist dump. And even the prison guards that I was speaking to in Edmonton and Calgary said the same thing. Canada is total fascism and that they were going to quit as early as they could, take their pensions and go. And when the jail guards are saying it's fascism and they want to leave, the rest of you should take their lead years earlier and get the hell out. All right, that's it, everyone. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, is the <laughs> the real estate show, which I do with Mark Savoya. That's every Wednesday, 9 p.m., right here on freedomreport.ca. I'm also, because so many of you are asking questions, everybody, I am running uh, Zooms now. These are private Zoom uh, calls, uh, limited spaces. It's $25 to get in, but it's just to talk about moving your wealth and your life to Costa Rica, how to buy a house and, and run a business in Costa Rica. It's not a uh, it's not a political show in any way. It's just about how to relocate to Costa Rica. That's Mondays also at 9 p.m. When you purchase your uh, your $25 spot, you'll get an email Monday morning with the Zoom credentials. Um, and, of course, the Kevin J. Johnson show is still going to be every single Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Wow, did we have a great show tonight. I also understand that Mike Martins, from our good friend that runs Mike in the Night on Saturday nights, he's taking a breather. But some guy named Ed Jamisek, Ed, 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 microphone Jamisek, will be taking his place for seven weeks on that show. So Saturday nights are going to be pretty wild on Mike in the Night. Man, that's just an amazing thing. Ed has stepped up like he always does to keep the show alive. That's why we love Ed so much. Yeah, we don't like his hairdo so much, but we do love the man. God, I love you all for being here. We will see you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern time on freedomreport.ca. Have a great night. Oh,